Welcome back. Thanks for being with us. We're here having a chat today about uh, this British mystic, Reverend Juliet Nightingale. Boy, did she ever have an amazing uh, near-death experience a number of years ago. She wrote an article about it here, which we've been talking about. One of the things she was aware of uh, when she was on this near-death experience was that everything on the ethereal plane was communicated telepathically. And I know that to be true. And here's the question I have for you. <laughs> what would happen if all your thoughts were known to those around you at all times, at all moments? <gasps> Naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I understand that a lot in the ethereal plane, they more like float or just zip and they're in another place rather than walk. Yeah, there isn't really any walking, and when uh, you can just uh, dematerialize, rematerialize yeah. if you want, or if you like the scenery, you can jump on a spaceship, but it's more of a floating than an actual walking. And then there's way more talking like via telepathy than verbal. There is no verbal. It's mind to mind. I don't know that, but I noticed there's a lot more uh, yeah, telepathy. I I do know that, and there is no talking. It's all mind to mind communication. Now, can you imagine here now on this plane today, if all of a sudden all of your thoughts became transparent, and somebody always knew what you were thinking? You know, I can just feel this reverberation in the audience. Can you feel it? People are going, you know, the brakes are on and they're going, oh, my God. I mean, that would be awful. Well, that would be a quick path to learning how to control your attitude and get decent thoughts instead of trash thoughts. And and even if it isn't trash thoughts, what if uh, what if what you have going on, uh, is just embarrassing or you know or you just don't want to be honest with somebody because you're too nice and so you never are real with people because you know you've got you know you just never allow your truth to come out I mean there's Boy, so many angles that could be very awkward couldn't it yeah you know and you know there's this whole wave going on right now a grassroots wave of becoming authentic you know, I mean, that's one of the big buzzwords these days is being authentic. And part of being authentic is that you are true from whatever's going on inside of you. You're honest about it. <laughs> this is not a free-for-all. You know, because I can just hear that then as well. You know, okay, you know, I don't like you for no, 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 no. Yeah, I've been holding this back. Now I'm going to blast you. <laughs> this is not a free-for-all. This is called growing up inside yourself in a way that you can be responsible all the time about what your thoughts are. And anybody can know what you're thinking. And, you know, if you're being unkind, clean up your act. You know, being authentic is a wonderful thing, and it really gets you in touch with yourself, and it really helps the world correct even better. But you, when you're interfacing with your fellow man, you want to be authentic plus the ingredient of tactful. That's right. And sometimes tactful means you don't say something or you wait for uh, seven and a half weeks until the right time that would hit them just right, and all the other times it doesn't seem like it would hit them just right because it's constructive, authentic, not just ruthless, authentic. Constructive, authentic, tactful, mm -hmm. and our willingness to be honest. You know, a lot of times people say... 
oh boy, I just couldn't hurt their feelings like that. But what if you taught yourself how to deliver difficult information in such a way that you could empower them to become better people if they're ready? There's also the question of, is there an opening? Like, you know, is this just you wanting to get it off your chest or is it the other people have an opening to hear the information? You know, it isn't always our job to be coaching people. People aren't always open to that. So then we have to change ourselves so that we're at peace with who they are, how they are. And if we can't be, then we need to get out of get out of there. And it's not always right action to be authentic. Let's say you really hate somebody right now and you want to just, you know, cuss them out or something like that. That is not necessarily in anybody, yours or theirs, best interest to do that. So, you know, just don't run off with this stuff. What if you were to take some time to consider what what thoughts you're really hiding in your head? And start considering whether or not they're productive, whether or not you should be maturing beyond them and learning how to let go of them so that you're not even thinking them or act on them in some authentic way that serves the greater good of all. You know, again, we are heading into a world where telepathy and mind transference is the the way of the day. And there will not be any more hiding with these thoughts in your mind. Those thoughts are available. I'll tell you, we used to have a shop. And, you know, I do do telepathy pretty fluently, although... What what languages do you speak? English and telepathy? (laughs) (laughs) Although, although, you know, I'm shielded because I, I truly am not interested in violating people's privacy. So you don't pry. I never pry. But occasionally, for some reason, people would come in the shop and the guides would lift the veil. And I would see their thoughts. You know, I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't really, it's like, oftentimes it's like, why did I need to know that? (laughs) You know, the thoughts that people have running around in their head, and I don't know, people aren't very honest with what's going on with them. They're uh, afraid of the world somehow, and it would be... Sometimes you can know their thoughts better than them. Because they're they're sort of trying to clo- cloak it, or they're not being they're not in touch with themselves. So sometimes people are going around; they don't even know what they're doing, but they got all these scribbly thoughts going on. You know, good up and down, and scattered this way and that way. Not really in touch or in control very well. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmay Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. They say one of the ways to get you closer and closer to enlightenment and f- freedom to be all that you can be kind of thing is being in control and not over-controlling, but where you can control your thoughts and actions to be constructive instead of running away, you know, like you pass somebody and, ooh, that's just an awful person. And it's not only you have maybe just a clean awareness of that, but you have an attitude about it. And so we want to be more in control of our reactions, our thoughts, our behaviors, because as you're more in control, then the negativity in you doesn't stop you from being more of the enlightened you that you can be. And that's benefit to everyone. 
We want to remember one other thing. We said it a few minutes ago, but it's a really good thing to remember. Whatever your thoughts are, they are being seen. Your guides, your higher self know what they are all the time. And when we have really negative thoughts about things, we are getting uh, karma, karma for that. It isn't as simple as, well, I didn't act on it or I didn't do anything about it. Even having the thoughts, we really need to learn how to be responsible for all levels of our being. And, you know, it's an overwhelming thing when you just start embarking on this path. So, you know, cut yourself some slack, start in a little corner somewhere and just start working on it. The last thing I wanted to comment about in this article by British mystic Reverend Juliet Nightingale it was a very interesting article. She did pretty good on this, didn't she? She really did. You know, we're impressed. There's so many articles we come across, and we might have three pieces really good and two pieces like, you know, they don't know what's going on. And, you know, she looks like she did quite a good job. You know, oftentimes when I go through uh, articles like this, I'll, I'll make marks and go, no. <laughs> you see my books, they got no all over them. I know. No way, bucko. No way. I don't know what you you're thinking over here. Yeah. But this one I didn't do that anywhere. It was really kind of interesting. That's really neat. Which is pretty unusual. Our comments to, what's her name? Reverend? Reverend Juliet Nightingale. Uh, she's a minister of metaphysics over in uh, New England, I understand. England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not New England. No, you're right. England. Yeah. Yep. So the final comment she had, I mean, I'll tell you, she was in uh, bliss out there having this near-death experience, and then all of a sudden she says the mood seemed to shift. (laughs) Sure did. They told her she had to come back to Earth, and boy, she had all her life uh, sort of felt this feeling of, you know, she didn't belong here, and of course this didn't make it any better, right, this experience. But... They told her she had things she had to do to come back, which she understood, but they also encouraged her to remember that she was meant to come back to be in this world, but not of it. Boy, that is so important, and it's what all of us must endeavor to do. So here's what that means. This means that you come back and you're part of this world, but you don't get wrapped up in the middle of it. You don't have all these reactions to it. One thing we um, we explained, and we've uh, written this in our book, Steps to Enlightenment, that's available up on our website, MasteringOurselves.com. In there, I uh, have like the scale, if you will, that shows how enlightened you are. You know, there is no, you know, I just read this press release uh, today, I think, of this guy who declares that in September of 1990, he became enlightened. Immediately, I have flags about this guy. <laughs> yes, he, you hear Keith laughing? He didn't know about the press release before this moment. <laughs> I enlightened. He's, he's got the same uh, concerns about it. Here, I got a ham for you want an enlightenment Uh, (laughs) here's why we're laughing at this you know there is no you're not enlightened you're enlightened there is you're not enlightened and then you start working on it and you work on it work on it and you don't just even work on it in this lifetime this is something your soul started well before this lifetime and your soul will continue working on until she or he re-emerges back into the Godhead it's a very 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 long process and it doesn't happen in a month. So let's say for a soul there's 12,000 degrees for all souls, 12,000 degrees or levels of enlightenment. So, you know, let's say you're at level uh, level 17 
and you go to level 18 and it seems like you're quite enlightened compared to level 17 but you know you got almost 12,000 to go so these are just like you, totally relative. you graduate through this class and you got it solid you graduate to the next level you graduate to the next level it's all relative and it's a big expansion of incredible evolution for us to look forward to as we will. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays and Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. In the book, Steps to Enlightenment, this is basically what we said, how you could tell how enlightened you were. It's like this. Let's say something major hits you, you know, a divorce, your child dies, um, either of those are really big. An amputee. Anything. Let's say that you get angry and hurt and reactionary and you stay that way for lifetimes. You know, I say this because Keith has done many healings and he has done healings of people who have had whatever their trauma was ever so long ago and they are still having a reaction to it lifetimes later. They still haven't gotten over it. They're still throwing a fit. Why did that happen to me? They're still having a fit about it. That is not not enlightened. That is in reaction and not getting off of it. Two cases in point, um, two ladies came in, you know, probably within a month of each other for healing sessions, and they both had um, had the same experiences, you know, years ago, which was basically rape. And one never honestly let go of it, although she inspires other people inside her own privacy. It's a nightmare because she doesn't let go of the woundedness of who she thought was a really close friend got out of control and just raped her. The other one, similar situation, was raped, but, you know, within months she adjusted, moved on, uh, dealt with those issues, and had, you know, the first one had uh, cervical cancer of that. The second one, not much happened. She learned, she, she also happened to learn her past life reason, karmic reason why she created this need to have this happen to her this lifetime. Released it, forgave herself, forgave them, and moved on like no big deal and no lasting penalty that grew on her. Same situation, different outcome. So you can have somebody who has a reaction for lifetimes or... You can have somebody that says, you need a divorce. I got it. Bummed. But you know what? Life isn't working. Okay, let's do this and do it gracefully, and I'm going to move on in my life, and let's both have good lives. That's ideal. That's enlightened. That's not getting stuck in in the reaction of it, but rather getting a bigger picture view of it, embracing it, and moving on. And then there's all that in between, which is a lot, and those are the increments you go. So you begin to notice if you're the kind of person that that has things befall your life, and you complain and uh, kick and fuss and resist the change and get angry and don't embrace it or after a short period of time for some people it's hours some people weeks 
months, years, you start to embrace it and say, okay, we need to move on. This is what's happening. This gives you kind of an idea of the level that you are of enlightenment, of how quickly you can embrace these things and see the lessons, see the bigger picture, and move on and learn the lessons. There's this lady that came for a healing session some years ago, and she named all the stuff that was going on with their marriage and how awful it was, how awful, awful her husband was. And we were tuning in and we were seeing, you know, I, I said, you know, this is going on, this is going on, and you haven't reached enough of the increments to tilt it where it would be appropriate to divorce. You still need to go through this and adjust certain pieces of your attitude. She didn't do that, and uh, she got divorced, and things ended up really lousy for her because her life she wasn't fell apart. ready. Yep. She hadn't learned her lessons. She was running before her lessons were learned, and so uh, she just got nailed for it. Went backwards. Yep. Okay, we're going to finish this up when we come back. Hey, thanks very much for being with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 